0: Hi and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast where I, your host Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do and wrap all that up in a way which makes sense. This is an attempt at a daily series of podcasts which are released across wherever you get your podcasts from and an occasional YouTube video version with bonus content should you want that. You want to get in touch or get involved with the podcast or maybe even be a sponsor get in touch via twitter at dm underscore daily or check out the blog mariosblog.co.uk hello and welcome to this episode of the delivery manager daily where i wanted to talk about something that um i'm talking about a lot at the minute and i'm observing and, and seeing uh people with it in spades people that don't have it at all and i've thought about my own journey over time in regards to this and what am i talking about well I'm talking about emotional resiliency and this is the second effort of recording the 20 minutes or so that I wanted to talk about this because um, it's a really difficult thing to talk about in a coherent way because it's such a personal thing for so many people. The purpose of this and recording this podcast is that I wanted to, as per I usually do on the podcast, is give practical tips for people that want to build resilience, and, and building resilience is a journey that I've been on, and I'm definitely getting better at. But there are things that I do, practical things that help with that resilience, and I really recommend that people kind of think about what they do. And this came about, this this conversation, because I think there is, with COVID and constant awareness of mental health and people's mental health issues, and remote hybrid working and I've said this so many times before, the fact that people have reconfigured their lives and it's not just as easy for many to just go back five days a week into the workplace. But I definitely um, am also aware that it's way more complicated, you know, the impact working remotely for so long that's had on people, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, people are different, people have lost people, uh, loved ones, they've coped with trauma, tragedy, illness, and all of that. And I understand all of that, but... I definitely think there's a noticeable and palpable uh, power shift or a power paradigm that's being stressed in both directions between employer and employee. In that, I'm seeing consultants uh, in when I talk in the pub with my peers, colleagues, or friends across consultancy firms um, this desire that your employer, your firm should make you happy and it's accountable. Uh, for everything and every element of your own happiness and I see employees and and I talk in the pub with friends colleagues and peers that um, employees can potentially be in a position where they're holding their employer uh, to ransom and as a professional consultant I guess I'm trying to understand where the balance lies between putting it upon an accountability upon your employer to kind of nourish your career and do things like personal development and training pathways and whatever else that you might be keen to do and literally put it in your lap versus taking accountability for yourself and driving your own career. Now this is obviously difficult to just very simply talk about because it's going to be different from organization to organization but I definitely think that as a consultant it's your responsibility to be uh, emotionally resilient and take accountability for your own happiness and your own well-being and not necessarily um, uh, sort of look at the environment around you and demand that it, it kind of bends to your to your will and whim which is something that you know I've been guilty of in the past I think but I think you show a little bit of depth and stickability by uh, existing and coping and performing in any environment. That's what, part of what being a consultant is. So I wanted to talk today. So I've given an opinion. right? I think that individual employees, consultants in particular, you should take accountability, personal accountability for your own mental health, your own well-being, your own career progression and your own happiness. I really do. And that's my position on the subject, and now I'm going to tell you about the things that I do to help um, sort of galvanise myself, help keep myself happy, the things that I do to hack my brain, to make sure that I can cope with, with stressful situations, and maybe you, you'll get a couple of tips from this, hopefully. So thanks for listening, let's jump in. So, sounds an easy one to start with if we talk about just Breathing. And I'm really into physical wellness and we'll lead these on in an order that hopefully makes sense. And they're all relatively straightforward, but actually really difficult to implement consistently. So the first one is breathing. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's just taking that opportunity to just stop for a minute and allowing a couple of breaths to kind of exist in your body and feel that breath sort of as it goes through your lungs and out through the mouth, and without turning this podcast into some kind of ASMR meditation thing, um, just when you're feeling stressed, or at least several times a day, just stop, close your eyes, roll your shoulders a little, and just breathe, and just be in the moment of where you are, and it sounds so simple, but it's so effective, and people just forget to do it. Set a reminder on your phone, set a reminder in your calendar, but absolutely make sure that you stop and breathe. That leads me neatly on to personal wellness and health and going out for a run or going for a walk or going to the gym and to find something that gets you away from your computer and the madness of the clients, regardless of your health or shape or your physicality. Get out. In the rain, in the sun, go to the gym, walk your dog, anything. It's really important. But the trick is to do it like breathing, do it consistently. So I recommend people maybe three, four, even five times a week go and do something physical for 45 minutes to a couple of hours. Whatever floats your boat, doesn't matter. If you don't do it now and you want to start, do something small like walking, do a couch to 5k program or do some more running if you're a runner or if you're going to the gym, step up your, your cardio or your weights program or just do something with your dog or go and walk up a mountain if you're lucky enough to live in a hilly part of the world, Um, it's really important that you maintain physical health. There's, an, as you know, an inextricable link between your physical kind of well-being and your mental and cognitive performance and it's actually one of the things that will give you time and time again um, an ability to outperform others around you if you come into a meeting or you come into a situation where you're freshly exercised and you've breathed several times and you're fresh and alert and you're not just full of nicotine or coffee or you know you've not eaten properly and you've rushed from meeting to meeting this is the taking accountability uh, for your own kind of performance and this is going to have a considerable impact so i know that if i go for periods where i don't exercise i can just physically see my performance drop because i know that i'm constantly stressing about not exercising and i don't feel great and the the food that i'm putting into my body i'm more likely to make a bad decision and then when you've got a gut full of carbohydrate and bad food what do you do I have a beer at the end of the day and before you know it you have two or three days of feeling pretty crappy so many people that i've seen over years and years and years in the workplace just coming to work hungover or feeling rough when you young it can be a bit of a rite of passage but actually as a hopeful high performing adult you will want to earn that six figure plus salary right so think about what you can do to turn yourself into that formula one car um so physical fitness is an absolute must the next thing is just being pragmatic and being able to do that cliche take a step back it's very easy to be in the moment in the pressure and take on other people's pressures as well. Now, that's not to say to not be aware and not be ambivalent and just don't care, but you need to balance how much you allow in and how much you allow um, yourself to cognitively worry about rather than divert those mental resources to practically working out a solution. So there have been times before in my career where I would take on the stress of the situation, whether that's a client deadline or whether that's a problem with some code or a security incident or a, a member of staff leaving because of some some issue and being swallowed up in the the kind of the the stress of it and just feeling like I'm on the ride the merry-go-round ride with everyone else someone who I won't mention but said something to me that stuck with me uh, forever and and that that person said you have two options with dealing with with stress and trauma or a chaotic situation. You can either join in with that chaos and and the stress, and you can contribute to it, or you can divert mental resources to thinking about uh, how to fix it. And it's a real fine line between, you know, do you come across like you don't care? But very often now, when a situation's going to shit, I'm very capable usually of just going, well, hold on, let's just look at the situation as what it is and then work out a practical way of dealing with it. And I almost train myself to refuse to get drawn in to the negativity of the issue at hand rather than um, sort of panic about it. And what I actually want to do is just push myself to a solution. And that pragmatism comes over time, but it's something that I really recommend you think about. That choice, that, that in the moment, do you contribute positively or negatively to a situation and no matter how stressed you are and no matter how sort of under the cost you might be or how accountable or responsible you are for the thing just being able to take that pause and just think well what's the solution what's the pragmatic way of dealing with this and the way i do it is the people that i look up to and the people that i look to 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 you know think that's where i want to be in a few years i always think well what would they do what would they do right now? And I have an inkling of what they would do and I emulate that rather than what Mario would do. And that allows me to kind of take on that new development of myself and, and cope with these situations and that in turn gives me that resilience. That then leads me neatly on to the very latest thing that I'm working on at the minute and something that I've talked about years ago on my podcast podcast um that i had at the time on my blog mario's blog.co.uk. go and find the post it's called the shadows you cast and this is the notion of being mindful of uh the way that you can personally influence a situation positively or negatively and is in part co-joined with what i've just spoken about so i'm a big bloke six foot six foot one if i'm wearing my heels um And I am an extremely confident and I think somewhat capable communicator. I'm very self-aware, I've got a reasonable amount of emotional intellect and I can communicate and convey thoughts and feelings, not only with the words that I use, but also with my body language. I'm very aware of, you know, how you can um, impact situations and, and, you know, circumstance through how I behave. And it's that notion of, you know, someone can come into a, a room and command... An audience I'm not suggesting I'm that yet but what I know I can do is I can come into a room and I can sour it and I can sour it with the the, my tone or um, the look on my face or the way that I carry myself and we've all got some of that power in us regardless of whether we're aware of it or not the difference between maybe you and me is I'm super aware of it now there have been times when I've used that as a superpower um, to make situations negative and there'll have been a reason for that at the time, but it's, it's really not the way to use that capability, and that goes as to far as when you're having conversations with your friends and colleagues and peers down the pub, having a little bit of an event and a debrief and a kind of blowing off some steam over a beer is quite cathartic and healthy. If, however, you make it part of your day, where you can and I've done this and I regularly do it and it's a trap that I always fall into um constantly being negative and constantly um finding the negativity in everything find two or three people either side of you that share that and before you know it you've got this misery loves company situation where you've completely forgotten anything positive and actually you think being positive is just fake and actually what you're doing is you're constantly calling out the realness of situations and how terrible it is and you find yourself in this mental spiral Because I'm quite resilient broadly and mentally, I tend to do that kind of thing as a joke, but it's only more recently that I've realised the impact I have on others. And while I'm quite kind of galvanised, joining in in these moaning groups, these kind of washerwomen or sort of over-the-fence chat of things that aren't positive or productive, it can only be positive for a certain amount in terms of your mental wellbeing before you get sucked into everything's terrible and woe is me. So I've stopped that quite starkly and for those that are listening that where maybe they are in that group and i have been guilty of moaning or complaining or saying that everything's shit um i'm making a real effort to not do that and that's not to say that i walk through the world surfing on a rainbow and everything's great but there is definitely without a doubt a a positive impact to mental health and your mindset by being positive and looking at the world through a positive lens rather than everything's kind of terrible. Now that's not to say that the years of experience that I've got allows me to read situations and I can spot things that aren't great and call people out etc etc but I've made that mindset shift into making sure that most of the time I'm as positive as possible. I also stop people that come to me for that kind of anything outside of a few minutes of event, um, I'll stop them. And I'll be, or as mindful as I can be, about... If someone says something that's negative, try to understand what the root cause of that negativity is and maybe framing it in a different way for that person. Two things happen. The person you're talking to gets pissed off with you because they just want to vent and moan and that's fine and they'll go on to someone else. But what I don't want to do is take an emotional burden of someone else's negativity and make it part of my sort of mind map, I suppose, of any particular day or week. So I try and block out where people are... Um, kind of using me I guess for emotional uh, release or escape and that's not to say that I'm not there for a shoulder or an ear to listen to or in a caring capacity because I do it's just part of my DNA and character but what I don't anymore is contribute to negative noise not all the time it's a work in progress and I'm not getting it absolutely perfectly right yet and the thing that I always say to people is we're all members of those whatsapp groups right and we're all kind of moaning and slagging something off or complaining or and and I, I put my hands up totally guilty I don't think I always start the conversations, but I'm definitely guilty. So that's a practical thing that I really recommend you do. Think about how much of your day is spent in negativity versus positivity. It all sounds like wishy-washy from a book, but I'm telling you now, if you practice a week of just getting up and being mindful, of looking at the world positively, and every interaction that you have trying to make it a positive one, do it for five days, and you will feel entirely different about yourself and your well-being than you would have done if you allowed negativity into your life. So that's another practical thing that I do. So just a couple more then of the things that I do that all sound very easy to, to kind of talk about and but are honestly really difficult to do and I almost guarantee you're not doing all of these. Um, the next one is your environment. And I'm really, really passionate that people really are clear that they shouldn't underestimate having the right equipment, the right environment that's clean, that's clutter-free. You've got all your cables managed. Um, You've got all the kit around you that enables you to perform the best way you do. And go into the effort of investing yourself, investing in yourself even, um, whatever it is you need to create an environment around you that allows for productivity and calm. So at home... I'm obviously lucky enough to have my own little corner of the house and I've decked it out in my own imitable way of the things that I need. I've got my books, got my whiteboard, got my posters for inspiration, got all my camera gear, I've got all my laptop screens. And if you've seen various pictures of where I work, it can look quite chaotic. But for me, it's a perfectly tuned environment to allow me to conduct any workflow that I want, whether it's video editing, podcasting, doing this podcast now, uh, I'm able to just switch a computer on, pull the mic close to my face and start recording. Um, it stops me from procrastinating. I don't have to set up a headset and figure out what computer I'm going to use and find a quiet space in the house. And that's an example of how I can, I can you know, um, be productive. But even if I'm at work, I'll take a little mini version of all my kit on the road, you know, my drawing tablet, my, my mouse surface, a mechanical keyboard, making sure I've got a high-powered laptop and a couple of spare cameras so I'm not relying on a laptop camera and I've got batteries and Wi-Fi backup and all that kind of stuff to make me a resilient consultant. So I can literally be dropped into any situation and be ready to go. And I take this one step further and this will be for a video uh podcast about what i carry every day and how i travel as a consultant because i think as a consultant you should be good at that too you should be prepared for anything and be available and be prepared to travel and it not be a thing that's part of why you're a consultant that's part of why you're charged out at an expensive rate but we'll talk about that uh, some of the time, I guess what i 'm trying to say is do not underestimate the importance of your physical space and environment if you 've got like your desk at work and you 've spilt tea everywhere and you've got crumbs and you 're using a work keyboard and it's f- full of like you know dust and your monitors are crappy and the color's unbalanced and they 're not level and Everyone always takes the Mickey at me and thinks i 'm quite o c d about this kind of stuff, but actually it 's purely selfish it 's not o c d at all I just know that I perform better if I know that the physical space around me is cleared and clutter free and it's a huge mental um, impact on you and you might think it doesn't bother me I could literally do some of my best work in my socks and pants covered in breadcrumbs (laughs) that's a vision I don't know where that's come from (laughs) but but um I just don't think it's true. I think that you will perform better if you have and go to the effort. You know, even things like just keeping your laptop clean. The amount of people I see that are really, really, really smart people, but their laptops are like covered in crisps. I was at a meeting a while ago and some really kind of um, well-coiffed, well-dressed guy Opened his laptop, covered in fingerprints, and in the in the the screen fold between the um, the screen and the keyboard, there's like dust and crumbs and bits of fluff and fur, and it looked like there was something growing in it. And I just thought, I know people don't necessarily care about this stuff, but the the pride that you have for what you do should be also how you come across. And we've talked about this, right, of being a good consultant. And I think if you go on to one of the podcasts that I host for another company, I talk to a couple of colleagues that I work with, we talk about that kind of you, your physical self is a project, projection of your mental capability, right? And you can, you can influence positively and negatively. So in short, what am I saying is have a bit of pride about, you know your workspace and no matter what you've got and how much money you've got to spend or not or if you're using all company kit or not think about investing in yourself and buying yourself some decent kind of things that can uh make your job easier or get you to do it better just as much as a technical certification a qualification or something else you know um you can invest in yourself in other ways and this is one of those ways finally a big one for me it moves into the more spiritual element or the spirituality element of, of kind of what i think gives me and resilience to all the stuff that goes on around me but it's it's that notion of perspective and that awareness of what I've got and what I've worked for and, you know, having the ability to open your eyes every day and drink clean water and get in a car and go to a warm office and have food and all that kind of stuff. Very easy to say. And it's all very kind of I know I'm, I'm, I can feel people's eyes rolling as I say it, but constantly being mindful and being having that perspective and that kind of being grateful allows me to look at situations just wildly different. I've been known in the past to have a bit of a short fuse and a bit of a short temper, and that's kind of mellowed out as I've gotten older. It's still not there. I'm still sometimes a fully loaded, wound spring, but I constantly, in any situation, have just coached myself into just being mindful of what it is I'm complaining about here, and does it really matter, and what is it I want out of it. And often, it's just pure, selfish kind of wanting to just kick off because it's a release for me and actually just being mindful if you know um i don't know team's not performing the way that i would want them or the team's not doing something the way that i would or uh that kind of thing or it could be an interaction directly with one or two people or anything in between but it's just that well hold on a minute just in the bigger scheme of things again it's that notion of I'd rather spend cognitive effort coming up with a solution rather than kind of being uh, driven into some chaotic state by something that's happening that's negative. I'd rather focus on, well, what can we do to fix it? And that's the thing that I overlay over the top. It's just that being mindful of how privileged um, I am. And I can almost guarantee the types of people in quotes listening to this podcast you way more um, privileged than you might think you are, and again it goes down to those base elements right roof over your head, hot meals, clean running water, you can probably get into a car, you can work in a nice warm office you 've got some kit you 've got access to the internet you 've hopefully got you know loved ones around you such um luxuries and uh i just never ever take for granted because it could all go away tomorrow and that keeps me kind of grounded and humble and resilient and makes me think about how i interact and consume the world around me all these things that i appreciate you've just listened to all sound very kind of wishy-washy but if you listen and practice some of these things and set a commitment to yourself to think right okay okay mario let's do the breathing thing do the breathing thing for a week. Just do that and tweet me and tell me how you get on. Then in week two, just practice some awareness and being grateful. Whether you write a little journal of the things that you're grateful for for that day, which I do. It really, really helps me frame the day. Um, And do that and the breathing for the second week. And then tweet me and, you know, I guarantee it will change not only how you look at the world, but the way you perform. But I'd be really interested in hearing from others, too, in terms of what makes them resilient. And it's a question that I asked internally to some of my colleagues that I work with directly. And it's interesting to see other people's opinions, too. Exercise is a common one. Uh, Everyone recognises the need to go out and, and, you know, and decompress. Uh, Music, using music or something that takes your mind away from individual stresses that you're going through and that ability to just step back a good book these are all things that are just lifestyle decompression right but you can actively include them into your daily routine and being being really disciplined about this stuff is really going to help build resilience that i think you should take accountability for so that's this episode of the delivery manager daily talking all about emotional resilience let me know how you stay emotionally resilient and what you do to stay focused mentally Uh, get involved in the podcast follow me at dm underscore daily and on twitter at Mario DC, go and watch the blog on youtube the delivery manager daily and my blog mariosblog.co.uk talk to you very soon i just want to take this opportunity to let you know that i do have a small web and app company that i run on the side to my day-to-day job i build websites small applications and you can get in touch with me if you want a website built maybe you want to start a new business or a side hustle or you need to talk to someone for some advice i'm not sure where to go get in touch with me at creativepixel.me.uk quote the podcast dm daily you'll get a 10 percent discount on any work that you uh, have done with me so check it out